0: Welcome back, everybody. You guys are listening to the Down to the Wire podcast. I'm your host, Brian Costa. And today we have a very, very special episode for you guys. It is our fall semester finale. uh, And today I am welcoming in a bunch of uh, a bunch of familiar faces you guys have seen here. Uh, Obviously, Carter Adams is back in the studio. Carter, how are we doing tonight? I'm great, Brian. How are you doing, bud? Dude, it's good. It's good to have you back. Uh, uh, Yeah, no. So uh, just make sure like when you're you're doing it, like perfect. Yeah, sounding good, buddy. So and also Jake Marchand back in the studio. Jake, how are we doing? It is good to have you guys back. It is good to it is good to see you guys. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to get into tonight, so we are going to get into it all right now. Uh, I was going to be we were trying to, we we're going to try to get a couple more people here, but unfortunately, you know, plans just fell apart. But I am so excited to to have this final episode in Koffler with these guys tonight. Uh, but obviously, we start things off in uh, we're going to start off kind of in some pop culture, some UFC a little bit. Uh, but you know, obviously, the big story that kind of was coming into today's episode. Uh, was the skirmish between, uh, between, you know, YouTube celebrity Jake Paul, who, you know, we obviously know just recently knocked out Ben Askren and Floyd Money Mayweather. Uh, Floyd was hyping up a fight between, uh, between him and Logan and immediately and immediately, you know, going into it, uh, you know, uh, Jake essentially tried to steal uh, Floyd's hat. It just, it's such, it was such, just, it was so stupid just to get into it, uh, you know, briefly. I mean, I'll, I'll, I might let you guys uh, get started with it. I'll bring it back to me. But did, did you guys see this whole encounter?
1: I did. I'd like to get started if you don't mind. Go ahead. So first off, like I know we've talked about the Paul brothers in the show recently, and especially on the episodes that I've been on too, I've kind of given my take. Personally, I think that Jake Paul is very childish. I've said that before. and I'm sticking with that take. I've heard like I saw in the Instagram comments when I saw that video some people were like thinking it was staged it was fake for the clout kind of trying to hype up the fight and increase viewership altogether but I don't know like fake or not I think Jake Paul's childish and we kind of discussed this with the Ben Askren uh, pre-fight kind of discussions they had he's very childish and whenever Ben Askren made a comment that had him rattled that he had no like valid response to he would just like kind of whine like a baby and like try and shrug it off like a kid
0: yeah it was it was so ridiculous i mean you know like you're talking about childish he literally did a got your hat to him so i mean i don't know how much more childish you can get than that i mean carter what what were your thoughts when you saw this all okay
2: well i'm on the same page as jake obviously I i think that jake paul is absolutely childish but at the same time, I do think he's like slightly ingenious too. Oh, why is that? Because okay, well, J- Jake Paul, think about him. Okay, a few years ago, he was absolutely well—not nothing—but he wasn't as big as he is now. Yeah, no. and part of the reason why he's so big right now is because no publicity is bad publicity. True, right? very like, true. He's proving a point that you could you could do something to Floyd Mayweather, like take his hat, and he's going to get swarmed by bodyguards. Oh yeah, 100%. and that's exactly what happened. So. On one hand, I hate Jake Paul with a burning passion. I really do. But on the other hand, he, he's smart, you know? And yeah. His management, Yeah. smart.
0: Mm-hmm. No, he's def- – I mean, listen – there's, there's a whole kind of ingenious factor to all of it. I mean, frankly, you know, him pissing us off is, you know, and, and a lot of fans anger. That's just fueling him getting, you know, infinite, amount, infinite amounts of money. So, I mean, you know, frankly, the strategy is working for him, whether we like it or not. Uh, it just is, you know, you got to You just got to admit it is so frustrating to see it all go down. But at the same time, you know, Floyd Money Mayweather. You know, you can talk about him all you want. I mean, he's not the he doesn't have the greatest track rec- record out of the out of the ring. So, uh, so I mean, kind of seeing kind of seeing him get a little toyed with was kind of was kind of interesting to see too. Uh, but you know, go, but also seeing the press conference too, man. Floyd, his age showed. Like he looks, oh my god, he looks so he looks much so older. Old. He oh my god. Better. I mean, I don't know if it's the fact that he just hasn't shaved in forever and kind of looked all scraggly. But I mean, man, it looks like he had a hair transfer, a hair transplant, a beard transplant. Like it was so terribly terrible looking. <laughs> It was it, it looked disgusting.
2: I won't be surprised if some script is written for Logan Paul to beat him. Like, oh yeah. That oh, I wouldn't I'm put that past that never happens. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, no. I mean they're gonna be fighting, I believe, on June 5th. I mean, there's also gonna be like a whole battle of a tick of TikTokers and YouTubers. We talked about that card that. Even, that just looks like a joke straight up right now. Yep. So I don't even think I don't even think that's something that we'll be covering. Uh, but you know, uh, that was something I I was something I I really wanted to open up this show with. Uh though I mean, you want to talk about two kind of dislikable characters i mean you know obviously floyd has the talent but all the other stuff that's happened off the, outside of outside of sports room is not too uh it's not too nice so uh you know obviously obviously that's all there jake paul is kind of just the uh the a-hole that he is so uh so you know very predictable outcome but i did want to get that started another another uh another thing in pop culture i also wanted to, i also wanted to touch on tonight uh you know, in the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, I, I actually didn't watch it. I don't know if you guys ended up uh, seeing it, but I guess uh, Medina Spirit uh, won the race. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not a horse racing fan. I do know. I mean, frankly, here's the thing. The Kentucky Derby, though, has always been like a big event, you know, at least in my house. My dad's always like turned it on when it's happening. It's always, you know, it's it's the marquee event for horse racing, like whether you're a fan of it or not, like you'll usually find yourself watching it at least a couple times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a that's something that I've always uh, kind of been accustomed to. Uh, Did you guys see, did you guys watch the race at all? Because
1: I didn't. (laughs) Um, Personally, I didn't watch it, but yeah. Like you said, it is one of those things that you just kind of eventually come around to and find yourself watching oh, yeah. one time or another. I mean, it's
0: it's only a one-year event, but, uh, and, you know, going off that as well, uh, you know, Bryant University here, you know, in many fraternities around the university, we have uh, Derby Days, which, you know, is centered, it centers around uh, the Kentucky Derby, you know, is meant to, you know, drop a lot of money and, you know, really kind of, and really try, kind of try to get funds going, you know, it's this big kind of charity thing. Uh, and it all kind of was, it all kind of got capped off on Saturday where there was a giant darty down at the townhouses here at Bryant university. A bunch of people went down, Jake, you kind of saw it. You kind of like, you kind of did a little bit of a recon down there. You kind of saw the whole situation down there. Uh, what was your, what was your impression of, uh, of the Derby days going on here?
1: Uh, I think that Bryant did a great job with the Derby Days uh, events that we held. Yeah. Mainly uh, the cancer research donations that we acquired. I'm pretty sure it was upwards of 70 grand. That's crazy. So that's, I know it's a small school, but that's a pretty significant number for the size of the Bryant community. No, I mean, so, it's, I mean,
0: it's an incredible, it's an incredible achievement for us to, yeah. to for us to I think it's we, I think we might've gotten to number one in the nation for, for that uh, particular charity. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, oh. like they went off this year. It was, it was crazy to see. Uh, but, you know, I, I didn't watch the race. I was actually busy uh, doing some of the softball games, uh, so I didn't get I didn't really get a chance to see it. Uh, but, you know, it was good to it was good to hear that uh, that you did enjoy the derby days. You did enjoy that whole event going on. Uh, but, you know, now getting into some NFL news, uh, you know, I, I, I was I covered this on my show last Friday uh, with Pat Edwards. I, ha- I mean, he's a lifelong Packer fan, so I made sure to get him on to discuss this topic. Uh, but you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, we, the saga continues with this guy. Uh, you know, do you guys think he's going to, do you guys think that he'll uh play for the Packers next year?
2: Next year? Yes. Yeah. I think he will, but it'll be the most atrocious year for the Packers. It'll, it, you think it's going to be like very, very toxic and Definitely. stuff. Definitely. But after, after this year, I think he he's out really for sure. Yes. I don't
1: know. I kind of agree with that. Like, I think he will be on the Packers because like. The the beef that's going on, or him yeah. like, not wanting to return, like that's that kind of came out of nowhere, and like you can't you can't expect to be you can't expect to land at another team without planning, you know, yeah. like you just can't do that. That's not how the the game works. That's not how sports work altogether. So yeah. I think he's going to be on the Packers next year, but like Carter was saying, there's it's going to be a problem. And I think he's just going to have to deal with it short-term and that's something he's going to have to deal with. That was his choice. Yeah, no,
0: of- it's definitely something that he's going to have to deal with. Uh, like you were saying and it, but it's also going to be something that the Packers are going to have to really kind of weigh their options with. Cause apparently Rogers uh, allegedly came out and he said that the only, re- the only way he'd return there, you know, like happily would be if uh would be if GM Brian Gutekunst was fired. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. He actually uh, compared Gutekunst, uh the GM to Jerry Krause. <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously for anyone yeah. who has not known didn't see the last dance, Jerry Krause was, you know, basically the villain of the entire last dance documentary. He was the guy that wanted to break up the Chicago bulls and the dynasty. Like he was the main super villain of it all. Uh, so, I mean, to compare Goose to Coons uh, to, that guy, it's definitely not a great look. Uh, you know, it's definitely gonna, definitely gonna hurt Rogers. Uh, I mean, not, not, not Rogers case, but you know, if, if they were, if they were to fire this guy to get, you know, Aaron Rodgers back, I think he's like what, 37, 38, I mean, you know, obviously he's one of the, he's one of the better quarterbacks that we've ever seen, but to maybe get like three years out of him for a guy that for, for a GM, I mean, listen, I know a bunch of Packers fans that I think would maybe pull the trigger, just like really not really just because in general, they don't like the guy, but you know, I definitely have my questions as to what they're going to do. It's, it's such an interesting situation. I would have to believe it's a very similar situation to what you were saying, Carter, where, you know, after, you know, Tom Brady lost Super Bowl 52, he came back to New England, even though he wanted to, you know, be a free agent, wanted to be and wanted to be traded. He never came out vocally and said that. Uh, But apparently that was something that he had he he had had interest in. I feel like that Rogers probably will go probably will go back to the Packers this year, barring you know, barring, uh, barring them, you know, making some incredible move. or getting, you know, an insane amount of pieces. It, I mean, it looks like, I mean, they've been fielding offers, you know, from guys like the Rams or the Niners and you, know, they, they haven't budged so far. So, I mean, unless they get blown out of the water here, I don't see, I don't see them making a move this off season.
2: Yeah, you're right. But, uh, some of these headlines are, are absolutely ridiculous. Oh my God. It's I mean, insane. You were talking about him comparing to, uh, comparing the GM to Jerry Krause. That was in a, a team group chat. Yeah. Like, how does the media know about that?
0: Yeah, no. Like, uh, what,
2: what's going on? Like, who's, re- who's, who's blowing the whistle on there's the Packers? Sn- there are snitches everywhere, yeah, man. Yeah, and, like, even Richard Sherman was saying, like, Aaron Rodgers is not getting treated correctly by Green Bay. Yeah. Okay, I get it. But what does Richard Sherman know about the Packers organization?
0: man i don't know i mean i know i know anthony davis was came out and he was pissed about the whole thing like yeah, like, like, like i mean it looks on. like everyone though is more on rogers side with this mm-hmm. it seems like they've it seems like you know there aren't too many people that are taking the packer side with this like which is very surprising you know because a lot of people will say like you know it's the team it's the, it, you got to respect the team but you know it seems like everyone is just like no like you guys really messed this one up it's it seems that they're really kind of trying to recognize it that that just seems like that's the vibe so far
1: if I could just throw in my two cents real quick, like obviously like we've discussed, I'm not like crazy big into football, but like collectively as a team, I don't, I feel like it'd be hard. Like if I was a Packers fan per se, like it'd be really hard to take Rogers side because like you said, he's 37. He has done a lot for the team, you know, uh with his career but at the same time you have to think about the future of the franchise you know it's like well, as apparently much as- yeah
0: well apparently they they, th- they thought about that when they drafted his replacement and i think the reason though that you know like while it would be difficult to maybe uh, sympathize maybe maybe not sympathize I, I think i i think a lot of people uh, obviously sympathize with rogers but maybe mm-hmm. maybe you have to choose because of the age but you know in terms of sympathy I mean, you know, th- for the, like for the past nine to 10 years, they they've drafted all defense and and the one offensive guy they do draft is his replacement. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's not like he, it's not like they went out there and they got him and they got him a guard in a couple of drafts and they got him like some, they got like two first round like uh wide receivers and they really tried to help this guy out. I mean, you know, obviously you have Devonte Adams, you have some talent there, but like, you know, outside of that, like they really haven't done too much for him too much for him, like in developing guys. Like he, he really, I mean, you, I mean, it sounds like a spoiling, like a spoil, uh, like a spoil of riches, but he doesn't even have like a like a legit number two receiver.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. Um, they haven't really been doing anything for him, especially in the drafts. But oh yeah, do you think it's possible that this whole thing could just be like a like a media like stunt almost like Aaron Rodgers ain't going anywhere. The Packers are going to pop off next season. Like they always do, but
0: I mean, it's possible, stir but there's
2: some things up a little bit, you, you know, I know. mean,
0: you know, so, I mean, it's, it's well within the realm of possibility. The thing for me though, is that if this was a stunt, I feel like, I feel like Rodgers would have come out and, and would have just said like, Hey, this is like BS. Like, I mean, like, like Rogers isn't known for talking to the media. Like mm-hmm. the reason, like the reason his, the reason, uh, whenever he goes on the Pat McAfee show, it's like a big deal is cause he hates the media. Like he doesn't like talk to anybody else in the media besides like Pat McAfee. And like, he hasn't even like reached out to him to say to him to say like, Hey, I don't know where, I don't know where these rumors came from. So that's kind of the thing that
2: is kind of alarming to me and is kind of making me say like, this is weird. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Um, Aaron Rodgers is definitely a guy you don't see on, on TV too often or on anything.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, he, no, like he, and I mean, frankly, if like, these are the, if like the things about the group chats and that kind of stuff is being drawn up, you know, maybe like your reaction would, would probably be to be like, Hey, I'm going to like stop this. But in his mind, he, he might just be like, you know, it's the media trying to get at me again. Like, and frankly, I think like, if, like, if this is stuff that they're contriving up, I mean, he definitely has a right to be pissed. And, you know, I would think that he'd want to correct it, but you know, after kind of getting this treatment for so long, maybe he's just sick of it.
2: Yeah. No, he, he's got to be sick of something up there because he's it's too damn cold. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> it's too damn cold yep. up there. Uh, but, you know, but, you know, uh, it's going to be so interesting
0: to see what happens to Rogers this offseason. I'm obviously going to be talking about, I'm obviously going to be covering this story as it develops like through the summer and, you know, at different points like that. Uh, but also in NFL news, uh, this one kind of hits a little closer to home. So obviously Julian Edelman recently just announced his retirement from the Patriots, uh, you know, had an, had an amazing career for us, but you know, obviously in the end, his body started to break down and he, you know, made the, and he made the best decision for him and his family. Well, apparently Tom Brady doesn't think he's all that done yet because, uh, on like a draft-a-thon kind of, kind of live stream Brady and Edelman met up with like Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart. It was like, it seems like a very like Boston, like favored kind of, uh, kind of draft-a-thon but it was like a bunch of guys on there and like they were all talking about and they were kind of like talking and brady essentially said that brady said that he doesn't think edelman is done and he actually thinks that he actually thinks that you know he wants to come to tampa but was just too afraid to tell bill and and he says this on on air and 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 brady proceeds to say brady proceeds to say i i was the same way
2: wow yeah um aaron Rodgers might not be a guy to stir up the media but i think at this point in his career brady might be
0: i mean like he would listen i think brady was so good for so long with the media like he always kind of did like the whole patriot way thing for so long and you know the guy's 43, going to be 44 next year. I think he's just trying to have some fun. No, now. you're right. He like,
2: flipped a, a huge switch. Oh yeah. I mean, he's never like that before. I mean,
0: I always knew he had like a fun element to him, but I and and I knew he had to keep it reserved here. But he's really kind of flipped it, and and is and it's just saying like, you know, what? I'm gonna have fun with the media here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, really kind of drum up some stuff here, like you were saying.
2: Okay, but but being completely honest, in my opinion, Edelman, he's done. Yeah. He's completely done. You saw him play last season. I, I saw him. It, no, it didn't looked, even look like he could walk. No, yeah, no. It looked like the wheels had fallen off. But, I mean, yeah. at the same time, that for
0: a, for a couple games, too, like, that was my thoughts on Gronkowski.
1: That's true. That's that's what I was going to say. So like, go ahead. No, you could go, yeah. Whatsoever. But, like, I was – my first thing, like, that I thought when, like, you said this was, like, is he pulling a Gronk? Because, again, we've seen, like, Tom Brady, like, the biggest part of his career was showing that he can win a Super Bowl ring without Bill Belichick. And so – maybe Edelman wants to do it too. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's very possible. I know when Brady originally signed to Tampa, like he put, like, he tweeted out like a bunch of stuff about being like sad about it and like, you know, really being upset at it. So, and like, that surprised me too. Cause I, cause I was like, wow, like Edelman might just like leave after this. Like, like he might just be so down in the dumps and he might really just try to leave. Uh, but I mean, like, listen, when Gronk got injured too and he gave that retirement press conference and he got very emotional and he literally was talking about how his body gave up on him and like how he just didn't think he could do it anymore. I, there was no, I, I, I mean, well, I thought maybe like, you know, maybe he could maybe come back with the Patriots that it was such a thought so far out of my mind. I was just like, this guy, he gave up everything for football and he put his body on the line. And now it's just coming back to haunt him. I mean, he had, he had so many injuries throughout his career with new England. Obviously he had the broken arm at one point he tore his, he, had, he tore his ACL with TJ Ward. That scumbag went into his knee. I hate that guy. <laughs> Uh, went into oh, his, I couldn't tell. Oh yeah, <laughs> TJ. I mean Gron- Gronkowski in New England was my favorite player. I mean, love Brady, but Gronkowski was my favorite guy. And you know, I'm I still I I have, I still like him that he's in Tampa. Like, and that really hasn't changed my outlook on him too much. I mean, obviously, like obviously, it, it kind of threw me for a loop thinking like, hey, like you really said like your body had given up on you, but you did like a CBD commercial and now you're good to go. Like, <laughs> it it did kind of it did kind of catch me for a second, but I still like the guy. Uh, Edelman. I mean, obviously. Also has had his fair share of injuries. That just seems to be the New England style of play. It's very aggressive. Very, uh, it re- it really just sacrifices your body a lot. There's not too much. Uh, it's not like a Julio Jones where it's going out like that. It's it is kind of a very. Uh, it, it's just a very aggressive in style, which you know suits New England well.
2: Yeah, you're right. But um, going back to uh, to Edelman a little bit, um, I, I didn't think there was any possibility of Edelman wanting to possibly take a year off and then go sit the bench in Tampa just to get another ring when he already has three. But then you mentioned Kronkowski. I'm like, he did just that.
0: Yeah, no, he did the exact same thing. He He, literally, he literally, he literally took a year off. And I mean, frankly, like, I mean, listen, Edelman's not going to, if he was to go to Tampa, he wouldn't be used in the same role that he was used here. He'd be used as a, he'd be used as like a red zone guy, a guy on third downs, you know, where Brady went to him the most, like, you know, you know, on first down Brady liked to, you know, try out other weapons, but when he needed a guy, it was Edelman. And I feel like if you bring him in there, you, you play him, you know, for like, you know, if you can get eight games out of him in the regular season and then just have him roll for the playoffs, that's a, that's a good deal. Like if you could get him for half the regular season win, but you know, uh, but if he does do that though, and he, and after he released all that Foxborough forever gear, I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I, I was able to accept Gronk going down and like, listen, I, I love Edelman too. But if you release all that Foxborough forever gear and then you proceed to proceed to like then go to then go to ring chase, that's gonna put a sour taste in my mouth. I gotta I gotta say.
2: No, I'm gonna have to agree with you. And that's like two out of my four patch jerseys gone right there. Oh yeah, (laughs) outdated.
0: Actually, it was funny. I found like a I found like an old Gronkowski shirt of mine that I never had worn. I was like I was like wow, like I, f- I forgot that I had this. Like I I just found that like yesterday in my closet, which was funny. <laughs> I I also like we were cleaning up my brother's closet and like there was there was like that Gronkowski shirt. It fit it it still fits me well. Uh, and then there was like a there was like a like a youth like Randy Moss jersey. I was like oh. I was like I was like why couldn't have this just been a bigger jersey? Like yeah. this would have been sick to wear. Yeah, it Would have been dope. Oh yeah, it would have been sick. Uh, but you know. I really hoping that, I am I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like, I hope he stays retired. I'm hoping like, but like, frankly, like I'm just hoping that he doesn't go to Tampa more than anything. That's, that's my big thing. I'm hoping that he isn't doing this. Like, like Brady says out of fear for like doing this to Bill. I'm hoping that, you know, he, when he says like he's legitimately done and wants to, and wants to, you know, go be with his family. I hope that's sincere.
2: Yeah. No, you're right. I hope it's sincere too, but um you never know.
0: Yeah, no, you really never, you really never do know. Uh, you know, another NFL player who might be uh who might be making a comeback soon. I talked about this on my Friday show as well. Uh Tim Tebow. <laughs> I I mean, I mean, Carter, me and you covered it when he when he officially retired from baseball. We talked about it on our on the second annual, uh, not the second annual, but the second ever quarantine special when we were when we were locked in our uh we were locked in our dorm back in February and we kind of talked about Tim Tebow and what and what he did, you know, for sports. Apparently he's trying to come back to football right now as a tight end. And Urban Meyer just came out and he uh well. It was a at least a Jaguars representative who at least came out and said that he and said that Urban Meyer says uh, that he thinks Tim Tebow could be a good tight end in the NFL. And man, I'm excited about that.
2: <laughs> I am excited about that too. And um, the fact that he tried out with Jacksonville too. Oh my god, it makes me believe that uh, Trevor Lawrence got some hope because this new tight end might have some experience. Oh, definitely have some experience.
0: Yeah. And like, listen, I would love to see like whatever wildcat packages that has. Like, I mean you know, obviously, obviously Tim Tebow is going to have to bulk up to, you know, play some tight end down there. I mean, he's a pretty big guy in general, but you know, you, but I mean, you know, you just, uh, you know, you have Trevor Lawrence, you know,
2: swing out wide and then Tim Tebow takes a snap and does what he does. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I, I'd love to see it too, because Tim Tebow is a, a personality that I, I personally miss, in oh, the NFL. Yeah. but that, uh, that playoff run with the Broncos, legendary
0: dude bro do you remember when he uh do you remember when he went to new england and everyone was like freaking out about it it was
2: it was right after the aaron hernandez stuff too (laughs) i
0: forgot about that it was like literally right after that and i dude i remember like i was like so like i was so like in depth when it came to looking up for when it came to looking up sports things like like I didn't, I didn't think of like Twitter being like the area to go to. So I would literally just sit on like the Patriots app or like the NFL app, just scrolling, just looking for just waiting for new news to pop up. And that's how I did it. And like, that's so unconventional, like not oh, the right man. way to do it. Yeah. But I remember, but I remember just like logging in one day and I just see the Boston Tebow party. I'm just like, I'm like, ye- I'm like, let's go. And let's then, go. and you know, Tebow go comes into camp, like every, like uh, reporters are asking Bill Belichick, a million questions, reporters that probably have never, you know, that have never talked to bill before and they're trying to get like they're trying to get words out of him and bill and bill is just like really like you don't know what i'm about here and he just shut them all down yeah. and i i was pretty excited because he was gonna he was gonna possibly replace ryan mallet who you know i really just didn't know too much about and i'm just like well if like you could have tom Brady, so you can start a quarterback and tim tebow is your backup and you take tim tebow uh and then you know obviously at the end of, at the end of uh training camp he gets cut and i'm just like you gotta kid me like i would have loved to have him here then he tries yeah. to go to like philly the next year and like that didn't catch on that was like that was like it for him in the nfl i was like I was like that was pretty quick like you know he started for two years and then he was just done yep and it was crazy to think but
2: no, you're right because he was so huge in college too and he was on the pats just long enough to make comments about aaron hernandez to the media and then gone oh
0: yeah just like three days later dipped yep. just straight out the door which you know frankly i just man i like I remember actually during that, like and the, in the training camp before that season, I think we were having like a joint practice against the saints or the bucks, I think. And, uh, and Brady gets like sacked. And a lot of people thought like he his ACL and that like Tebow was going to be the starter for the Pats that year. And I was like, I was, I was like, dang, like, I'm not, I'm not, I was like, originally I was like, I was like, I was excited that we signed Tebow, but I was like, well, I don't want him to be the starter though. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, yeah. I was like, I was like have him as a backup and maybe use him on two point conversions, but I'm not trying to have like Tim Tebow, like be the starter of this team, which I guess, you know, obviously was the reason probably why he phased out of the NFL. A lot of people thought that him being a tight end would be a, uh, would be the way that he survived. But obviously that, obviously that wasn't the case. Uh, but you know, but you know, I hope that I hope that he does come back to the NFL. I hope that you know he works as a out at, as a tight end. And you know, I'm hoping that uh, Trevor Lawrence's first touchdown pass happens to happens to be to him.
2: That would be cool. Be and, um, that's all. That's all he really needed to do in the first place was uh, switch positions. No, like literally,
0: if you if he had switched positions, I think he he would probably still be playing. Yeah. Like
2: I, at least I think so.
0: Uh, but yeah, no. So. That kind of covers that, that kind of covers that topic. Uh, The final thing that we have in NFL uh, in NFL news tonight is uh, Alejandro Villanueva, you know, very, uh, very, very good uh, guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He recently just went to the, uh, to the uh, division rival Ravens and he is, it seems that he's already starting to throw some shots at his old teammates, especially Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, obviously for the uh, antics that he got into last year, kind of becoming the, uh, I, I think it's fair to say that he's that he was almost kind of becoming a, a little bit of a Brad Martian of, of the uh, NFL where, you know, he's a, he's a good enough player, but you know, he's just, but he's more known for kind of just like getting in people's head and kind of just being a little uh ratty and doing some of that stuff. Uh, but, you know, he ends up, uh, I, he ended up saying uh, when talking about, you know, playing in, playing in Baltimore, which is more of a run, a run first offense. He, he ended up saying when you have a balanced offense or when you run the ball, it's obviously better for the offensive line. I'm assuming it's not as fun for the wide receivers because they're not getting all the catches they're making they're making the TikToks tocks and they're having fun on their social media. And he said that. And immediately ever, ever, everyone is just like, is he kind of just like playing around? Like, was he, more, was, was that one of his friends where it's like, he kind of, you know, burning some bridges there. I think it's the former, you know, I, I was hearing some NFL players say, saying like, Oh, I think it's kind of, I think it's just, you know, just some fodder, like nothing crazy, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, he was a veteran guy. Juju is Juju obviously came into the league extraordinarily young, I feel like there. I feel like there might be some animosity.
2: Yeah, I. I also think there might be too. But um, I think you're talking about getting inside players' heads. I think honestly, Claypool is more of, like that uh that guy on the Steelers more than more than Smith Schuster. But um. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I I, I, I. I. could see that at a, at a Claypool as well. Uh, you know, it's. I, it's very interesting to see i if he is really kind of going out there and burning those bridges oh man i just can't imagine that it's very crazy to see but uh we'll have we'll have to see you know obviously where this uh where this goes going forward uh but that kind of cl- concludes what we have in MLB news uh in ml in and in, in uh, why did I say that? I meant to say NFL news. I just had a slip last show of the year already messing things up. You know, <laughs> Our, I'm already on the summer brain. I'm ready to go home. I I, I don't know about you guys. Oh, yeah. I am Vacation so, yeah, okay. I'm so excited for I'm finals. Ready. I am so excited for finals. Like I cannot wait.
2: Mentally. I am there
0: hundred uh, percent. But you know, uh, in MLB news, which I wanted to get to uh, Albert Pujols, uh, you know, You know, arguably, you know, in his prime, one of the best right-handed hitters that's ever lived, uh, at least in, at least in my lifetime. Uh, You know, he recently, you know, uh, you know, obviously he had an an incredible 11 years with the St. Louis Cardinals, then signed a 10-year deal with the Los Angeles Angels. He was in the final year of that contract this year, and he just got released by the the Angels. Uh, He's hitting below the Mendoza line, which means below 200. He's batting like 190-something, so Uh, he only has like three homers on the year so far. I mean, but frankly, it is May, so... But you know, it seems that the Angels are are kind of just saying we're going to move on. But the thing that's surprising me is that you know, Pools is forty one, and you know, there were reports that he was that he was c- retiring, especially because his wife originally had put out a post saying that this was going to be her husband's last season, and then that quickly got reversed to to saying like, no, it isn't. Uh, but you know, th- but this kind of report came out, and you know, he gets released, and the thing that that's surprising me is like, if he was done. I feel like he would try to, I feel like, you know, it would have just been a, a retirement and then the release kind of just gets done behind the scenes. And like, that's how you do the financials, mm-hmm. but it seems that, but you know, he hasn't come out and immediately just said, all right, well, no, I'm retiring because of this. Like it wasn't like the Julian Edelman thing where they said like, Oh, we're avoiding your contract and the, and like there was kind of a little bit of limbo and then he announced it, you know, it's been a couple days and I'm just wondering, like, I'm, I'm wondering, does this guy still want to play or like, or do you think that, you know, you know, he's 41 years old, his lower half, you know, for the good for the past couple years has been gone. Do you think there's do you think he's sticking around? Or do you you think it's time? Or do you think he hangs him up here?
2: Well, I think he definitely should hang him up here. Yeah. But uh, like you said, I don't know why they would they would go about the uh, the release thing like that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like, Like, I mean, you know, obviously, obviously money plays into it and, you know, he's not performing in the final year of this contract. He signed, you know, at the year, I think it was like a $250 million 10 year contract. It was massive at the time when he signed it. I think it was, if it wasn't his, like another was like, just be, be, it became like the largest contract in baseball history. It was, it was an enormous contract at the time when he signed it. Uh, I frankly don't know what's going to be next for him. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like if he had, if, you know, he had just said, I'm done, then he probably would have just came up and like he probably would have made a post and just said like, hey, this is it for me. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's such a weird situation. I mean, it's very, very possible that, you know, that, you know, he still could be done. He's just trying to make a formal announcement. Maybe, maybe be with his family for it. Maybe go back to St. Louis where, where it all started. Maybe he sounds like a one day contract there. Uh, but, you know, I have I do have some questions as to, as to you know, could could this guy still play, you know, maybe an American League team, you know, you know, contending for a spot in need of like a DH, maybe a guy that used in a pinch hitter role could bring Albert in, uh, you know, maybe and, and just say like, Hey man, like if we need you to get a home run, could you do that for us? Like, that's all we're, that's all we're bringing you in for at this point. And, you know, maybe he can do that. Maybe it could be like, I mean, obviously Albert pools is a much better player than this guy, but Chris Carter, when he was with, uh, when he was with the Houston Astros, like, you know, when they were kind of making their playoff runs, uh, before they won the world series, he was kind of a he was a, he was used in that kind of role where he he was a low average kind of a hitter, but he had a lot of home runs and that's how they used him. So I think, I think Albert pools could definitely be used in that kind of a, in that kind of role. I just, I'm just trying to figure out which team could use him, uh, you know, and because, because if he's going to be used, he's going to be used as a DH, uh, his lower body is just gone. So I think that, you know, if you get him, he's going to have to be in the AL.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Cause, uh, the reason why the uh the angels released him was because of his his batting average being too low right his batting average also just health and i
0: guess they also have a young guy coming up too I, I i believe his last name is Hearn, but i could be wrong uh and they're trying to and i guess they're they're pretty much just saying like hey we want to get this guy time uh and the other the other issue as well is uh shohei Otani, the uh superstar pitcher pitcher for them he also can hit but they're not trying to use him, but they're not trying to put him in the outfield. So when he's not pitching, they use him, uh, in the DH role. So, which, you know, when, which as Albert was getting older, that's where they were going to stick him. but they're not trying to really, they're not trying to put, uh, Otani in another position and they want to get this up. They want to get this new young kid some time. So that's something they're trying to figure out.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I think it's, it's time to hang him up for poo-holes because, um, the batting average i don't i just can't really see him being a dh anywhere else if his batting average is is that low
0: yeah it is tough i mean you know i'd love to see him get another shot somewhere but i mean and and that's just kind of me being selfish but you know if if he's just done at this point then no man i think it is time to hang him up just
1: let him be remembered for the player he was if you try to elongate or like kind of drag it out too much, then he's just going to be remembered in the wrong way, you know? So uh, I might have to settle.
0: I wouldn't say he would be remembered in the wrong way, but I do see where you're coming from where, you know, obviously you don't want it to, it, you don't want it to kind of be just like, oh, to be like, come on, man. Like, like it's been over for, for a good couple of years now, which, you know, frankly, you could say he's trying to chase 700 home runs. I believe he's like, I believe he's, you know, over like 30 away. He was really trying to, you know, chip away at the, the at that this year. Uh Man, you know, frankly, I, I wish he could, you know, uh, get to 700 and really make a push at that. Uh, but it looks like he is finally starting to slow down and it is a shame to see. Uh, but that kind of, but the other thing I wanted to cover in MLB news tonight, uh, you know, after, after Apple pools, I hope I, I can't wait to see what happens with him next. If he does retire, you know, com, congrats to him on a tremendous career. He had, he went out there and he was a baller for those guys. Uh But uh But if he but if he does, you know, but if he does decide to play on, I hope I wish him the best of luck as well. Uh, But the other story I wanted to discuss in MLB news tonight uh, was Baltimore Orioles pitcher John Means recently just threw a no hitter. It was the 10th in uh, franchise history. I believe it was the first time since like 1969, though, uh, that a that it was like a that it was a solo no hitter, which, you know, as by one guy, the last guy that did it was uh, Jim Palmer in 1969. Uh, It this would have been a perfect game, but. In like the third inning, this guy throws a, this guy throws a breaking ball into the dirt and it, it was a drop third strike and it gets away. And the catcher kind of just like, kind of lollygagged and jogged to it as the runner managed to get to first as, you know, the pitch skipped away. And people were trying, people were trying to ask, Hey, should this be a perfect game? Should this per- be a perfect game? And in my mind, I'm just like, no, it shouldn't. I mean, listen, I, you know, the idea of it, the idea of a perfect game is obviously, you know, it being 27 up 27 down, there's no errors, no walks on the field. And yeah. it, you know, it is just pure perfection. You know, you that the that guy comes up to that guy comes up to the plate. He's he, he goes down like that is the one thing that is the one consistent thing about a perfect game that you can match. Obviously there have been, you know, controversial perfect games uh, or perfect game attempts or at history. You think of Armando Galarraga with the Detroit Tigers. There was, he was one out or at least one strike away. It was a ground ball to Miguel Cabrera. Cabrera gets it, flips it to him at first. He had the guy out by a mile and, and the umpire says he's safe. That ends the perfect game. But he proceeds to go out there and strike the next guy out or at least get him out. And it was, it was one of the, it was one of the worst blown calls in history. Jim Joyce, I believe who was the umpire at the time came out and immediately said, like, I ruined like that kid's, like I ruined that kid's like life. And like, he was like, so like upset about it. But with this, I don't think it's a perfect game. Like, you know, a perfect game, you know, a no hitter. 100%, you know, pitcher like you, the pitcher has to go out there and they have to make sure that the, the guy doesn't get, you know, a, you know, a good, uh good wood on the ball like that. You know, the fielders also have to make incredible plays too, but I feel like a perfect game is definitely more of a team kind of a, is definitely more of a team centric kind of a accomplishment. Obviously the pitcher deserves the brunt of that because they went out there and they, and they did it. But I feel like the team is more involved when it comes to a perfect game, just because, you know, everything has to go flawless. If you, have, if, if a guy has an error that ends a perfect game, but it won't end a no hitter. So, I think that so. I don't think it should be a perfect game, but what do you guys think?
1: I'll start. I definitely would agree that it should not be called a perfect game. Like you said, it's called perfect for a reason. Exactly. And it also is a team effort. Like he did show up to play with uh, from the pitching standpoint, but as like you said, everyone needs to contribute for it to fully be a perfect game. And I think, like, just even yeah. one person on base, like, it's not a perfect
0: game. Yeah, no, it's not. Like, you, you can try to say you faced the minimum. You can try to say you, do, you did X. Oh, yeah, the other thing I mentioned, too, was the the guy who got on base, you know, because it was a drop third strike. He, he struck that guy out, and he managed to advance to first. Uh, but, you know, the next pitch or something, I think he stole second base, and he was thrown out. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. And, and I'm just like, I feel like that, I feel like you should just send that catcher down to, down to the farm system immediately. Like, like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, it was yeah. obviously it was the third inning. So like, that wasn't like, you know, like the idea of a no hitter isn't, isn't in anyone's minds at that point. It's just like, Hey, like, let's just get, let's just get through the lineup here. Like no one's thinking about it. It's not like it was in the eighth inning and this guy let it happen. So, I mean, I'm not going to put too much blame on him, but I'm just like, come on, man, like get on the play. Like, and you could have had a perfect game. Like it would have been the first one since 2012. Yeah, I that mean, it would have been huge. It would have been so huge. I mean, I've been banking on seeing another perfect game for forever because King Felix, you know, Felix Hernandez was the last guy who threw one. And it was actually in Seattle where John means threw the no hitter. And that would have been really cool to see.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. But I'm definitely with Jake on this one. I don't, I don't think it's a perfect game Me neither. at yeah. all. Uh, called the perfect game for a reason. Exactly. Perfect.
0: 27 up 27 down. Yep. That's where I stand with that. Uh, but you know, uh, and our final segment tonight, well, there goes the ring light, unfortunately, but we'll survive, I guess. Uh, but you know, the final segment I wanted to discuss on tonight, uh, would be NBA where in, where that, in that tonight, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, a couple of things I discussed on a couple of things I did discuss on our, on yesterday's show with Michael Green, the third, uh, I spoke with him on on a couple of topics, but I did want to reiterate, reiterate. Uh, reiterate it with you guys. Cause I think you guys have had some, di- uh, some different opinions, but in the past. Uh, so, you know, the thing that I first touched on was uh, Carmelo Anthony, you know, recently getting into the top 10 all time on the scoring list. And I was trying to, I was trying to discuss, cause you know, a lot of people have, a lot of people in the past have asked, is Carmelo Anthony a hall of famer? I have always thought, yes. But I know some other people have thought, well, just because of the stats and other stuff, not, not necessarily. But this is a pretty big accomplishment. Where do you guys stand on, on the idea
1: with Mello? Uh, I'll start if you don't mind, Carter. Um, I would absolutely hop on the bandwagon that Carmelo Anthony is a Hall of Fame material. Um, and the, part of my reasoning behind that is because he had an extended period of leave from the league as a whole. And the fact that he was able to successfully transition back with the trailblazers and uh, fully understand that like, Hey, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to be the main shot taker, but like I can still contribute in the fact that he's been able to adjust to the new league that was not the same league that he left. And the fact that he's still contributing in his own way. And while he's doing that, he's hitting new records on the all-time scoring list is very significant. We've also seen with players in the league, obviously not as, skilled but uh jeremy lynn for example some players are in the league for a period of time and can't make it back so i think his comeback to the league has been fantastic uh obviously his time with the rockets was not very successful but i think he's in a great place right now and i think this definitely helps uh, solidify his spot in the hall of fame
0: absolutely i agree with you there uh you know you know, I've I, I know Carter. Did you did you kind of have a different opinion on this before? I th- I thought that I thought that you had possibly had a different opinion on Carmelo. Has has this kind of has this kind of changed it or, or no?
2: Um, I wouldn't say. Okay, maybe I I, I thought I, 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 it, I, it, it, I don't even remember. I don't.
0: It could have it could have been someone else. But I thought that I thought that you had always kind of you know been teetered on the edge of whether Mello was a Hall of Famer, But I, but I could be wrong.
2: No, I, I certainly agree with Jake that. I think Melo should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, he was he was the face of the New York Knicks for a long time, and before that, he was arguably one of the best players in the league on the Nuggets. Yeah, and I think, like Jake said, it's just a miracle that he's in the league still. Yeah, and continuing to break those scoring records on the all-time list.
0: Exactly, and I I think the entire story of Melo, like like Jake was saying, you know, deserves to get him in enough. Obviously, you know, people talk about a championship eluding him, but frankly, I don't think that's frankly you know, in terms of a hall of fame candidacy, I don't think that's everything. I mean, you want to talk a legacy, maybe, maybe you have a, maybe you have a discussion there, but you know, hall of fame, I don't think that's the main decision there. Obviously, you know, what Melo did for team USA in the Olympics was huge. And, and the reason I say that is because it's the basketball hall of fame, not the NBA hall of fame. So what he did in the Olympics was huge. What he did for uh, what he did for Syracuse, winning them a championship was huge. Uh, And, you know, obviously, you know, now getting into now getting into this top 10 list, I, and you know, obviously the story of now coming back after a long hiatus, I think that solidifies it, you know, you know, since he's gone to the trailblazers, it's been amazing to see what he's been able to do there. Uh, and I just wish I, I wish him the best. I hope that he can continue to grind like this. I, I, I don't know how many more years he's going to be playing, but you know, if he's playing like this, maybe, uh, maybe he moves up a couple more spots. Let's see. I, I, I hope he can, you know, maybe get up to like nine, eight. I don't know what the, I don't know what the gap is, but yeah. if he can get up there, that'd be great to see. Definitely.
2: Yeah. No, me too. I I, agree. I hope he can.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the, another thing, obviously I talked about on yesterday's show was, uh, LeBron James's health. Uh, you know, he, you know, he came out and he had said, uh, and he had said, you know, he doesn't know if he's going to be able to get back to full health with his body. He has like a very, uh, you know, kind of a very uh, serious high ankle sprain. Uh, you know, also uh, in Lakers news, Anthony Davis uh, was dealing with some back spasms. Those guys just seem like, you know, they went out and they put so much into that championship and it's like, seems like their bodies are now falling apart as a result of that. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's how you guys, I don't know if that's how you guys feel about that, but uh, what do you guys think about LeBron saying that he doesn't think he might be able to get back to a 100% ever in his career?
1: I mean, I don't know I'm torn between that statement because I think we've seen that like like we've always said like playoff LeBron is just a different breed yeah you cannot guard playoff LeBron absolutely but I think like and I've kind of said this like before I don't know if I've said it on the show but LeBron like obviously the stage he's in with his career right now he's nearing the end of it eventually like we're gonna not see him in the league at some point in time but, like, he's – I think he's been selectively putting on the gas. Like, he can't go pedal to the metal – Every single like time. For every game of the whole season. And I think he needs to, like – Like, he needs to kind of better balance, like, the mental aspect of, like, all right, like, I actually understand that my body can't handle this. Like, he, he has, like, people around him, Andre Drummond, uh, you know, Anthony Davis. He has other people that are a little younger that can – also bear the load too like the weight of the team is not just on his shoulders and I think if he better like respects his body and better understands that he can like have other teammates help bear the load that he'll do
2: yeah Carter better yeah I agree I think especially last season like you were saying um he definitely wasn't bearing that entire load but uh going forward I think it's very clear that LeBron is at the point in his career where his body is going to start giving up on him i mean how old is he like 40 something now no he's like 36 i think 36 yeah okay i would not be able to tell that by watching him play (laughs) yeah i I think he's either 36 37 Yeah, yeah he's 36
0: 36 okay yeah so he's 36 obviously he's had he's had some now very serious injuries with that but uh i don't know i think that I don't think he'll be able to get back to 100% but like Jake as you were saying how he selectively chooses to turn mm-hmm. on the gas yeah. I think that is what is giving people like the idea that he still can perform at 100% because absolutely he will just give it his all for like a certain period of time and but he's always known but you know at least later in his career he's been known to load manage like a good couple of games too so maybe he starts to do that even more and he'll just play like you know the marquee games that he has to win in and that's how he's going to decide to do it but uh, you know, it'll, it, it's, it's something that's really interested in me. Uh, but, you know, before we do go down the wire, uh, you know, I do want to say this, I, it has been quite the wild semester here at Bryant University. Uh, you know, there have been so many, there have been so many kind of hiccups along the way. Obviously, I mentioned it early in the show, we went into a quarantine here at Bryant. Uh, you guys want to speak on that a little bit as to, uh, as to kind of what, as to the craziness that that entails.
1: I'll go first. Uh, quarantine was definitely a wild experience. It sucked. It sucked. Um, it sucked. <laughs> we were. I will say though, we were lucky that we were one of the first groups to be able to quarantine in our suite. Very true.
0: I will say that that was something that was that was something that was huge for us. Uh, obviously, this year for Down on the Wire, it was we were able to grow a ton. I got I was able to interview a ton of new people. Adam Alita, I was able to get on the show. Michael Green the Third, I was able to get on the show ton of new things uh coming coming for coming for the show in the summer i'm planning to talk to a bunch of new athletes as well so it is going to be I, i'm i had it's definitely a very exciting thing for the summer uh you know i we talked about i also talked about it earlier but you know what are you guys trying are you, you guys are trying to have a uh, what are you guys going to try, be trying to do this
1: summer uh i don't really know yeah. when i get home from for a break i'm going to be participating in a five uh, mile road race so nice. aiming for top three there we'll you go see. there you go
0: Carter, what's on, what's, what's on your docket?
2: Oh, you know, hopefully some beach trips, a lot <laughs> of work and uh, probably some hikes here and there. And um just
0: Ugh. vibing, you know, dude, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I mean, my, you know, with COVID last year, my big thing was just really just trying to get outside and do, and do stuff there. And that was really great for me. I mean, just being able to get outside was, you know, what I needed and hopefully that, and hopefully that's, and hopefully that's something, something I continue to do. I got a I got a kayak that I'm going to hopefully be using this summer. I got a bunch of stuff that I'm going to, You know, there's going to be some, there's going to be fun, some fun stuff in the mix. I can't wait to see what is next. Uh, But I think it is officially time to say for the final time of the, of of the semester here in the Koffler Center that we are now down to the wire, which means that we're going to go through everything we talked about in this past hour and send you guys off on this weekend. Uh, So obviously we talked, we opened things up on the show discussing Jake Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. Well, not versus Floyd Mayweather, you know, they're not fighting each other, but we discussed uh, the little skirmish they got into Uh, any final thoughts on that. Do you guys at all?
1: uh i've said it before multiple times and i'll say it again jake paul's childish yeah the guys like, i'll leave it at that
0: i mean i i mean i named an entire episode episode about him called sending the clowns for a reason so you know i i i've given my thoughts about it on a very public way yeah exactly
2: childish but genius yeah we, then then
0: in, then also in pop culture news we talked about medina spirit winning in the kentucky derby we just uh we had jake discuss uh give his little review of derby days in NFL news, we discussed the Aaron Rodgers saga continuing as Rodgers uh, as Rodgers compared Gutekunz, Brian Gutekunz, uh the general manager there, to Jerry Krause. We discussed Tom Brady, uh, Trent, you know, kind of coaxing to kind of coaxing Julian Edelman to get him to come back to uh, back to football and play in Tampa with him. Uh, we talked about uh, we talked about uh, Urban Meyer believing that uh, Tim Tebow would be a good NFL tight end, as well as Steelers uh, as well as former Steeler uh, lineman uh, Andre Villanueva, uh, you know, kind of. Doing a little uh kind of putting a little jab out there at Juju Smith Schuster. Something I missed at touching on that we'll kind of do real quick is uh Brady did come out in that draft a two. And he also said that uh he'd be willing to he, he would uh, take that uh perfect season back in exchange for like two of the Super Bowl rings. So like if he would rather have five Super Bowl rings in that in that perfect season, uh, over the seven that he has now. What do you guys think about that?
1: He's got the rings to give. Yeah, that's, that's right. all I'm gonna say. He he, he has enough to, with two rings.
0: No, that's the thing too. He has enough to give, and you know, having five rings in general—that's the most Super Bowl rings of anybody I know. Bart Starr, you know, technically has five championships as a quarterback, but that's the most Super Bowl rings that any quarterback has. So, uh, you know, frankly, he does have the rings to give. If I had to, if I had to choose what Super Bowls he could give back, I mean, just from memorable standpoints and just like what he did in them, I'd probably say, either I. I mean, obviously the Tampa Super Bowl means a lot to him, but if he had to give back any of the Patriots Super Bowl ones, I maybe would give back the one against the Eagles and the one against uh, the Rams because it was 13-3. Just in terms of his personal performance that that you can make a case for, obviously obviously, each of those Super Bowls holds a special place in, in my heart. Obviously I went to the Super Bowl 53 parade and had some, and had some great memories there. Uh, but it, maybe if you want to talk about his personal performance, uh, you know, then if, then if you're getting into where I stand, I would give back the Tampa one. Cause obviously you want to erase that from people's minds and then, uh, and then give back 53 and then have the perfect season on the docket. That's how I would do it. And I would love to, and that's how I would love to, if, if that's how it had to happen, those would be the two I give back. Uh, but also, also in uh, sports news, we talked to MLB and talked about Albert pools being released by the, by the LA angels, as well as John means is uh, no hitter kind of, kind of drawing question as to whether it should be called a perfect game. In NBA news, we talked about whether Mello is a Hall of Famer, as well as the health of LeBron James, and we finished things off here talking about what we're going to be doing this summer. Uh, but we thank you guys so much for our, we thank you guys so much for what you've done for us uh, all all throughout the all throughout the year. Uh, if you guys aren't following us on social media yet, make sure you do that. You can follow us on Spotify, uh, on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, but the main hub to follow everything is our Instagram you can follow that uh, at down dot to the wire on Instagram again at down dot to the wire on radio you've been listening to wjmf88.7 hd2 Smithville Providence or you've been tuning in at wjmfradio.com uh, we thank you guys so much for coming in again uh, but from down to the wire I'm Brian Costa
1: I'm Carter Adams I'm Jacob Marshans, and we
0: hope you guys we hope you guys uh, we hope you guys have a great night great weekend and I'll be back for some summer sessions I cannot wait to see you guys again take care.